Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T, and we are back with episode 33 on today's podcast. I've got a great guest today, Philip Kane. Philip Kane is the new CEO of Impy. So a lot of you guys might not know, because I didn't know, and you guys are as quick with it as I am. And about a year ago, Impy changed ownerships. They sold to a new corporation that bought the ownership out of Impy. And we've seen some things changing recently in Impy. Uh, you might notice uh, Philip Kane all over the place making announcements about uh, Jack Sacchetti and bringing on Pip with the compound built parts and a lot of really interesting stuff taking place. And a lot of us maybe didn't know that Impy took over new ownership, but you get a lot of information to find out right now on this podcast because I'm the guy going out and hunting that down for you. You're welcome podcast land, but it's going to be a good episode. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm excited to see the new direction that Impy's going to go. And some of you that are out there that might not know some of the Impy history, Impy started out as a company where it was out of necessity for uh, needing aftermarket parts or replacement parts that the dealer wouldn't provide. Uh, for example, the heads, they said the heads were just uh, throwaways and, you know, replace them. And then Joe Vitone, who owned Econo Motors, did uh, figured out how to replace the valve guides. And from there, that was the beginning of Impy. He figured he could save his customers some money. And then he started working toward the development and refinement of either importing or manufacturing performance aftermarket parts for those vehicles. So throughout the mid, early mid to late 50s into the 60s, Impy was the name for high quality performance parts. Fast forward into the early 70s when Impy gets sold to Filter Dynamics. Um, the company kind of falls apart. Someone picks up the name a few years later. A company called Mr. Bug picks up the name a few years later and uh, starts up with Impy again. And it never really regained its place in VW Performance as the leader in VW Performance. So pay attention to what Philip talks about in the podcast. He's got a lot of interesting takes on things. What's most important is that I think he understands and respects the history of the name Impy and what it means to us VW enthusiasts. And I think he's got some big plans. So it's pretty exciting to see what's going to be taking place with Impy. I know I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to bring this information to you guys because sometimes in the VW scene, we don't get to know these things and get to have these, you know, face-to-face -face or ear-to-ear -ear conversations with the CEOs or the main head honchos that run these organizations and hopefully I'll get more on the podcast because it's really enlightening to see the VW manufacturers or suppliers and talk to them about where they see the scene, what direction they're headed and how close to having their finger on the pulse of what's going on is out there. So it's a good podcast this week. Uh, you guys uh, definitely will appreciate it. Uh, lots of interesting questions, lots of interesting takes on it. And I know when I got done with this interview, I was pretty excited for what the future holds for our hobby. So with that being said, it's time to give some shout outs to some of the people that reviewed our podcast and gave us five stars on Apple iTunes on the podcast rating, uh, wherever you can rate the podcast, whatever, make sure you go on there and rate the podcast and make sure that we know about it so we can mention on the podcast. So uh, first off is uh, SRPA125 says, love the pod, love pod, love the podcast, listening in the garage while I'm getting my type three ready for bug jam in November. Uh, also SJD JFKG says, this is no fake V-dub news. Great podcast. Keep the scene, keeping the scene alive and informed. Thanks E. Also uh, a super fly silver fox is all over this monkey. Uh, 
he put uh brother bob's got some cool stuff to say about us so uh he's a cool guy uh make sure you guys go and rate and review us don't forget if you guys want to support the podcast Go on, to, go on to our website at letstalkdubs.com. Go to the store, buy some merch, buy a sticker pack, help support the podcast uh, if you guys are enjoying what you hear. So without any further ado, this week's podcast. Enjoy. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motors. All right, everybody. So on today's podcast, I'm pretty excited. We've got big things happening in the VW scene that we haven't seen happening in quite a while. And uh, a huge part of that is what's taking place at MP. We all know Vimp, uh, we, we all know MP. MP has been around for years. It's a staple name in the VW community since the 50s. And today on the podcast, I've got Philip Kane, who is the CEO, the new CEO of MP for about a year now. And I've got him on the podcast. We've got a lot of questions. We're going to find out what MP's up to. And where their trajectory is headed, and I think it's only good things for the VW scene. So, uh, Philip, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of things happening lately in respect to the changes that MP's doing. One of the things right out of the gate with Jack Sacchetti and, you know, the compound and all that kind of stuff, and we're going to get to that in a few minutes. So, what I'm going to do is roll into some things, because I've been heavily involved in the VW community for the past 25 or so years a little bit from a distance in the Southern Nevada area, you know, here in Las Vegas, but um, pretty t- pretty tied in and connected to the Southern California scene. But a lot of things that maybe people didn't see on the forefront, and it seems to me like there was kind of a quiet transition with new ownership coming into MP. And, you know, we all know the history of MP that's been around for a while. And over the past, I'd say, and I said this on my last podcast, let's say probably over the past... 10 years, it almost seemed like Impy's trajectory was not taking the brand where it needed to be. Fair enough. And I, and I'm excited with the new things that are coming coming out, but I'd like to hear, um, and just to give our listeners some insight, you know, I'll give a little background on you. So background that I did, I did a little research on you. And so I, I, I know that you've been with Impy since 2018. Before that you were with Pirelli, um, before Pirelli you were with Goodyear for quite a while. And it seems that you've been in product merchandising, specifically in the automotive industry, for quite a few years now. And uh, it seems that every company that you've gone to, you've helped, you've, you've come in, you've reinvigorated the company, infused growth mentality, and tried to get a big, a big new team on board, which we see that happening now at MP. Give me a little bit of your history and kind of what your specialty is, is what you do when you come on board with these companies. You bet. I'll go all the way back to the beginning because for me it's it's truly important. My grandfather was an international harvester truck dealer, and he started actually on his back in a Dodge plant and but had a dream. He wanted to be a harvester dealer in Hamtramck, Michigan. So he reached out to Harvester and said, "I want to sell your trucks." And they said, "We'll take a chance on you." And so he opened a harvester store. And my earliest memories are climbing around big trucks in Detroit, Michigan, and. My father became a truck dealer, but he had a rule. He said, you got to go work someplace else before you can come to work here. So I went to work for my dad's brother, who was also a truck dealer, and came back after two years. And my dad said, 
that doesn't count. And I <laughs> that doesn't count. He said, you got to go to work for somebody whose last name isn't Kane. And that was my first lesson in getting an upfront contract. So I left and went out into industry and, and I had so much fun that I never went back. And, and you're right. The, the assignments that I've had mostly in my career have been, I, I say jobs nobody else wants. I'm kind of like Mikey in Life Serial commercial, right? Right. I, you do it. I ain't doing it. You do it. Let's get Philip. But they're, they're tasks where I have an opportunity to help people and in divisions or companies achieve things that they never thought were possible. And that was one of the things that attracted me to Empy. You're right. It was a, a company that's been kind of flat for a long time uh, with a brand that was going, you're right, the wrong way. And to come here and, and help these almost 100 people do something better for the industry, for themselves. And, and so that's that was what attracted me to the company and why I came and why I'm here. And, and I'm sure we'll get into what we're doing, but I'll tell you, I'm having the time of my life here. Well, and I, and I think, so miraculously, if, if you're a car guy, right, and you see a brand that is, it, it's, it's as big as any of the automotive aftermarket brands that are in the Chevrolet or in the American car side, there's no bigger brand on the VW side than Impy. And to be able, I think the exciting thing for me that, that I think that would be exciting if I were you is here's history, brand recognition, all these amazing opportunities that, that is really a truly American success story of Impy that caught on the VW wave in the beginning has all this history. And then you kind of see a a company, a company that started out from a grassroots effort you know, just, just guys wanting to make something better and quality and good. And then to see it, it kind of died off in the early seventies and then kind of brought it and then came back up in the eighties and, and it always kind of hovered around. Like it was never the same impy of old, you know? Exactly. And, and, and when I see that and I see what you've done in your past and then what's taking place today, it, to me, it's the only smart thing to do, you know, because in this industry, this industry is 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 run by boutique, private, drove it and build it guys, you know, and that's the story of Impy. And now for 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 me on the outside as as an enthusiast to see that Impy is going out there and saying, "Hey man, we want the guys that are making things happen in the scene to be part of our company." Absolutely, and I'll and and you'll have to cut me off if I start going on because this is my favorite part of the whole thing, but. When, when we all started here, and, and I brought a fellow that, that worked with me before in Goodyear, and we fixed a, a business at Goodyear that wasn't doing so well, and he's a very important part of my life. And so he decided to go on this journey with me. And when we first came, we started working with the folks at, at MP, and we looked at the thing, and we started talking about what it was that we wanted to do. And the, the original MP is is very important to me personally. And it, I, I started devouring stuff about the original MP, whether it was marketing material or information about Joe Vitone and their racing program. Anything I could find, I read about it. And, and w- what we set out to do was, in effect, build a business that resembled that one. And 
I'll tell you, there aren't, there is no big Beatles fan in our company, but we stole a line from one of their songs, and, and it's the one that says, back to where we once belonged. And that's what we're trying to do, is build a company that resembles that one. Um, I don't know if you can see this or not, but uh, this wristband I have on, they gave them away at European Bugging, and it, it's kind of a, a takeoff on the pants that Paul Schley's team wore in the early empty days. Yeah, the, and, the crazy multicolored graphic pants, the print pants that he wore. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't taken it off since I came home, and I'm not going to take it off because for me it's a metaphor for what we're trying to do. Well, you know, I, I'll give you a great story on Impy on, on how valuable. So I was pretty surprised. A good friend of mine who passed away a few years ago, um, I went to a EBI uh, in 2014 with him. And it was he, I, Joe Horvath, and some other guys. And, and I was kind of the coattail rider of all the big dogs over there, right? But I'm there, and I see – and I see uh, – there's a guy from France, and I can't remember his name, but he's the, he's the guy that always does the huge MP displays. He does a big, huge MP display. And and you can see how prominent MP is throughout. And and I remember there was a story that I was there listening to um, about the flower pattern roof on the MP bug, right? So on this flower pattern roof, there was this Hawaiian vinyl that was put over the rooftop. And then when I got the story behind it, that as they were towing the car to Flags, they were going through Flagstaff, they stayed the night at Flagstaff, and it froze. And the paint cracked on top of the car. They had a photo shoot schedule for the next day. They wrapped the roof in vinyl. So my buddy Chris, friends with Lee Layton, happens to be at Lee's place, and somehow up in the crawl space something, finds the rest of the bolt of fabric that they used on the inch pincher, and I'm watching all these grown men in this tent. My buddy Chris Cox had that bolt of fabric. He brought it just for the EBI display. Like, this is the actual fabric using the inch pincher. Blah, blah. Like the Shroud of Turin. You understand? I mean, the, this thing was like, they, I mean, everybody was just in awe. And then Chris takes and snips off about a six-by-six six section and hands it to the guy that's the massive Impy fan. And the guy literally loses it. I mean, the guy's in tears. And it's just like... But there's so much history with Impy that over the past 20 years has just been kind of like, has been done a disservice. I, I agree completely. And, and, and that's why we're trying to, to, to recapture that, but not, not in a way that says we want to be the old Impy. I, I don't know if you've heard, but I've been very public about the fact that as, as we return to racing, I'm never going to have a car that says inch pincher on the back because to me, that's a disservice to, to Joe Batone and, and the original MP folks. It's, it's part of the history. It's part of that. It's part of that history. And now this right. is part of the new history. Right. Yeah. We're, we're building a new company, but we want to build a company that resembles that company to, to the following extent. I told you, I, I started devouring stuff from, Joe Batone's empty. And what I would do every time I would read something is, or see something, I would write down words that came to my mind. And not, not words I saw in, in their print, but words that, that were inspirational to me. And when I got done, I went through and, and looked at what were the words that appeared the most. And they were quality, speed, and innovation. And those are the words that have become grounding points for us. 
from an external standpoint. Those are the things that we're trying now to deliver to the market. And you said something earlier that was very important because it's something that guides us. When in the, in the first version of MP, these guys were developing things out of whole cloth, right out of the air for a new car. These weren't old cars back then, they were brand new. And these guys were developing things for the first time for these cars to make them look better, go faster, perform better. And, and one of the things that I drive home for our folks is there isn't any reason that you can't make something new for an old car. Sure. So we're trying to innovate and we're also trying to make better things for this industry because this industry deserves it. And we want to, and the speed factor is kind of a dual purpose item. We want to go faster. We want to deliver things more quickly to the industry. And it's also the performance factor. We want to help people go faster in these cars. So those are our grounding points, quality, speed, and innovation. And that's for us the connection to the original MP, because to me, that's what the original MP represented. And I'll, I'll tell you one quick story because we were talking about the, the yeah. folks of the early MP. Um, whenever there's a detractor for MP, um, I reach out to them and I tell them, hey, I'd like to spend a little time talking to you. And, and one of the, the very first ones was Paul Schley. And, and I called him and after he had posted something and I said, come on, Paul, um, let's talk about this. And he was gracious enough to spend about an hour on the phone with me. And, and by the end, he was starting to believe. And then he invited me over to his place. And, and I'll tell you now, Paul is one of our biggest boosters and he's become a personal friend of mine in addition to being one of my heroes. And, 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 and that's deeply important to me because he was there at the beginning. Yeah. And when these people start to believe in what we're doing, it tells me that we're on the right path. And one of the things I hope that you've noticed about me and our company, we're not out beating our chests a lot about what we're doing, because I know that one mistake could send us backward a long, long way. So we're kind of out quietly doing what we're doing. Some of the things we make a little noise about, like the JC thing and the compound thing, just because it's important that the industry sees that we're, we're bringing quality back in a big way to empty. But... But what we're trying to do is just kind of go about our business and, and give something back to the industry in terms of quality products, in terms of participation in events, in, in terms of interaction with, with our customers and our and people in the industry. But, and so that's what, what it's all about for us, but it's all tied back to quality, speed, and innovation, which were, which were for me, part of the Jovatillion. No, absolutely. I think... You know, the steps that I'm seeing being made are like all, okay, I'm in my, I'm in my mid, maybe late forties <laughs> and I'm a business owner and, just a you know, and, and, and I, I look at things and how people do things. And in today's day and age, it would have been easy enough to buy MP, repackage stuff, continue going down the same path, figure out a way to lean, lean things out, increase profits, and then just. And just do, just turn it around, sell it, do whatever. But to actually enter an organization like this and, and really embrace and appreciate the history to the point where, like you said, quality, innovation, and speed 
I mean, those things. You know, if you take this back to the time when when Impy first came out, the Volkswagen was way more reliable than your average Chevrolet. So you couldn't just build some hokey aftermarket part and get no use out of it because VWs had, they were known back then for real stellar reliability. They were brand new, really refined. And so to take it back to those roots that, I mean, it listen, in today's day and age, anyone can have anything made in China. It doesn't matter. Well, and now, and we're going to get into that in a minute because of what's happening with tariffs and stuff like that. And... I'll give you a quick story of the feedback I got from on, on Impy. I went to Kalispell, Montana with my wife to pick up a Type 34 Gia project. When I drove there, I walk in this guy's barn, and he's got he's got a shop. I mean, we're 80 miles from the Canadian border, and it's cold. I go in the shop, and I see, like, all these running boards and all this stuff, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I make the running boards. I'm like, the aluminum running boards? He says, yeah. I go, oh man, and I'm thinking in my head, you know, I've used the aluminum running boards, the, the rigid ones for years and years, and I kind of got, and, and I talked to the guy, this is probably two, two and a half years ago when I bought this car, and I said, yeah, I remember we bought those and this, that, and whatever, he says, yeah, Impy used to be my main supplier, he makes them in Kalispell, Montana, he made tons of them, and then the previous ownership for Impy, I guess, just went and kind of outsourced it, and so here's this guy, and I'm thinking like, man, just the value, and I think people are wise enough, most consumers are wise enough that, and, and the consumers, and, and, and business relationships have changed. People want, it, it's, it's gotta be a mutually beneficial relationship. So people will pay more money for better quality, and especially if it's connected to US made products and stuff like that, and you know, when I was up there talking to him, he said, yeah, he said, Impy for, I never had to sell my product to anybody else. I just used to sell all my running boards to Impy. They would buy them direct. He says, now nah, I just put a little thing on the Asamba. He's got a really bad website. And he's just a simple guy who came up with this idea to make the running boards and stuff. And it kind of bummed me out because, like I was telling my friend earlier uh, that passed away, he was really, really big in the VW scene behind the scenes. My buddy Chris Cox, real big influencer of where all the OEM parts came from. And, you know, in the past, he didn't have a, a lot of good things to say about the way that Impy's previous ownership had done business just because it was it was all about the bottom line and it was nothing about the product and the quality. And and really what we see taking place now under new ownership is is this invigoration to like, hey, look, we've got this golden history that you can't pay for. That's immeasurable. And to be able to build off of that and bring out products to the to the market that are even better, it's it's exciting for me. There's so many things happening around that VW scene. I mean, I just had um, Chris Baker with Classic Steel Bodies. He's the guy that's remaking all the bus metal to where by the end of this year he'll be delivering complete bus shells for people. It, it's huge. It's it's huge right now in this market, and I'm excited to see all these things that are taking place. Because it's only going to further the market. I mean, me, where I, I think sometimes we live in a bubble and we think that the market is just, we, we look around Southern California or Southern Nevada or wherever our local neighborhood is like, uh, we don't see tons of innovation happening in the VW scene, although it's constantly been happening. And I remember on, e, on the EBI trip, I'm driving with the guys from uh, CSP and the guys from flat four we're all on the again i'm coattail riding with all the big dogs because i'm there with my buddy chris and i'm just asking the guys questions because i ask questions that's what i do maybe that's why i started the podcast 
But I asked this guy's question. I said, how do you guys see the VW scene? Has it been slowly, you know, because from my perspective, maybe it was going down a little bit. And that's my limited perspective of not being in the industry in the trenches. And I said to him, how's, how's the industry been going? They said, it's been 15 to 20% growth each year. And where I think we'd forget about that is understanding that the VW industry is a global market. It's so much larger, has the, such a greater potential than Chevrolet because Chevrolet wasn't a worldwide distributed product. You know, so I think the, the opportunity is phenomenal and you have to, some people don't, some people, you know, might be a little too flower power. Sometimes people don't, don't there, you have to have sales in order to create growth. So the sales, one begets the next and, and, and that marriage there is where you get innovation from, is where you get the money to develop and do those things. But I think there's huge opportunity and upside, especially to take Impy and stitch it back together into into the brand recognition it had before. So now tell me about some of the things you're doing. I know I was on I was on the website. I saw um, some of the starters you guys are doing. Um, a lot of products like you're you're either going direct to you're, which is the smart thing to do. Instead of seeing somebody makes this product and you go knock it off, well, look, you're the 800-pound gorilla. Let's make a deal. Let me be your exclusive distributor and let me deliver your quality to my distribution network, which is the smart way to do it because then it's putting more quality products. What other what other uh, stuff that, that maybe some of, the, some of our listeners haven't heard about have you guys been upping the game on so that you, they can hear it directly from you? Okay, sure. It's... it's- Kind of been a, a combination of, of many things that, that we've been doing so far. Um, certainly, we came in and and to your point, started looking at wh- what are quality products out there that that we're not likely to immediately improve upon. And and you mentioned a couple of them, uh, the Wasp starters. Uh, but you'll also see some products come out from Wasp where we've said, hey, if you do this and it'll make a, that product much better for the industry. And so we're doing some things like that with Wasp. Uh, you, you've also seen projects that we've done with some notable companies in the industry like WiseCo, where we've gone to them and said, hey, you've been making this product for years and years for the VW industry, but if you do these five things, it'll be much better. And then laser engrave our name on the top. So. Um, you'll continue to see us working with huge quality names in the industry to collaboratively make product better for the industry. We're also working on our own products, uh, both within the, the U.S., China, and Brazil, to make them better. Um, you'll you'll see a funny video from me on Monday, but our our kind of rule of thumb is um, if. If we don't buy it, let's don't sell it. And and so either don't sell it or go over there and make it better. Now, right. with 5,500 with 5, SKUs, it's going to take us a little while to get around the horn. But, but we are working on our products to make them better. Then we're doing things like innovating around new stuff that we'll be bringing to the market. Uh, things like what we're doing with, with HIP. Um, Jack Sacchetti is going to be um, innovating even further. One of the big things about him coming over was um, 
he, he said, hey, you know what? I don't want to be doing HR. I don't want to be doing accounting. I don't want to be doing all the other things that go along with owning a business. I just want to innovate. So let me come over and work with you. I'm going to innovate all day long, make chips all day long. So that's, he's excited as hell about what we're doing together. Totally. So, so it's things like that. You'll see, you'll see some other folks likely join our team. But one commitment that I will make to you absolutely is you will never see Empy ever copy someone else's work again, ever. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that, that's huge because r- literally right now the the the, the rip off artist game is so easy to do. I mean, you can take something if you've got the dollars to do it. I can grab anybody's product, ship it off to China, and get it made. And if I want to undercut them. What some people don't understand is they go, China can actually produce good quality stuff. They have the capability. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, wherever you go, China, Brazil, China, the US, Brazil, it, you will get what you pay. It, and that's exactly what it comes down to. You know, if you want it uh, five bucks cheaper, they're going to skip two steps and make it five bucks cheaper for you. And, and sometimes people that are driven by the profit versus the brand recognition, because the brand recognition is what holds the value, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I've, I've taught our folks since I came, and you would think that this is self-evident, but I've spent a lot of time on the supplier side. And if a customer comes to you and says, hey, take $5 out of that part, whether it's a tire, whether it's an alternator, whether it doesn't matter what it is. What, what people fail to understand is the supplier is not going to take that out of their profit. Right. They're going, they're going to take it out of the part. And so the part is going to become $5 worse. And so then the industry is going to become $5 worse for what just happened. And, and so what we would rather do is make the part $5 better because we believe that the industry will pay $5 more for a part that's $5 better because it'll perform $5 better. It'll last $5 more. So that's what we're about is going over and working with our vendors to say, hey, um, we're done screwing you to the floor on cost because we realize that that prevents you from reinvesting in your business. We realize that that prevents you from investing in quality raw materials. So let's work together to build better parts together so that you can make more money. We can make more money. Our customers can make more money and the the owners of vehicles can have a better overall experience. So that's really what we're working on in a nutshell, whether it's our products or anybody else's. Well, the other, the other I, I want to is um, MP bought Bug Pack a few years ago and, and in effect killed it. There was not, nothing going on with Bug Pack. But Bug Pack's going to come back in a big way. And if you remember, Bug Pack was high quality stuff mostly made in the USA. Oh, yeah. And that's what you're going to see again is high quality stuff, most just like before, mostly made in the USA. If Bug Pack was making it someplace else before, um, we'll probably make it where they were making it. But by and large, their stuff was made in the USA, and that's what we're going to do again. Well, and if you look at the strategic play of that, someone may have thought, maybe the previous ownership thought, hey, if I buy Bug Pack, it gives me more credibility. You know what I'm saying? and then, but yeah, then I'm then I'm going to knock off all their thought, stuff and make it. Thought that's what I'd have done with it, but 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 you know, I mean, and some people think like there's there's really ingenious ways to co-op with other companies that 
at one time were your competitors. And then when you become the big guy, there may be, because competition is always healthy for the industry. Always. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, but if you look at someone that's in, that's in the, in the same industry, maybe a comp, a competitor, but they've got a different talent that you don't take bringing them in house because some people think in this industry, because it's, it's so many times started with just a guy and an idea that they'll think like, well, what's this guy Philip doing? He's, he's over here stealing this guy and taking that guy and doing this. And I see it as a business owner going, oh man, he's, he's going to blow that company up to something awesome because he knows one guy can't do it. You need a guy on the design side. You need a guy on the performance and R&D and development side. You need people. And then to be taking really good talent and putting those, putting them in those positions, I mean, it's, it, it's a testament to me. Uh, and I don't want this to seem like it's an MP commercial because I currently have no MP products on my, <laughs> on my car to this day. Oh, <laughs> and so, but I mean, you know, I, I'm seeing it as a person that's passionate about the VW scene and, and my concern for it to continue to be here for my kids, you know, my kids or, you know, my son will end up getting my bus, you know, it, it, he'll do, you know, it, it, it'll go into that. But when an industry starts to suffer because the 800 pound gorilla is producing trash, you know, it just kills everybody. And then the business can't survive on small boutique operations around the world because to some degree, the opportunity of being where you're at is you've, you've already got the ball rolling, the distribution network set up, the, the, the name recognition and the, the, the rolling momentum already to say, Hey, we can change this moving forward and make it that much better. And it, you know, multiple things will happen. The company becomes more profitable. The people get a better product. The industry is made stronger and given more. Because you know, the VW industry has always been like the, the stepchild of the performance industry. You know, to go to MSD and say like, hey, we want you guys to make this, this, and this. Like, yeah, we made that one little thing for you. Go away now. You know, like, and, and, and the crazy part is they don't realize how massive the industry is. You know, there's been no vehicle that's been produced more than the Beetle. And so when you're talking about, I'm, we're just sitting here thinking about the U.S. the U.S. market. But if you go to Latin America, forget it. It's huge. And now that people that grew up with those cars are now customizing them and, and, and you know, doing all kinds of innovative stuff that they're doing in Mexico and Brazil and places like that, I think it's, it's wonderful that the market that's there that you can build great product for. And if you build the product, they will buy it. You build good stuff, people are going to pay for it and they have no problem doing that. And and that's that's what I'm excited to see taking place with Impy. Now, I, I saw that you guys, now you guys are distributing H&M tires, but and I know you've got a tire background, a pretty heavy tire background. You've been in the tire industry for a while. Is, is that going to help Impy come to the table? With, you know, because as a VW guy looking for tires, it's like, okay, I get the Continental uh, 155 uh, or 165 55s and the this and that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's especially knowing like with you being plugged into the tire industry before, knowing the struggles that VW people try to get with like, okay, I've got to use Continentals if I want a tire like this. I need Michelins for that. I need this for that. With your background in the tire business, in the tire industry, are you able to get some of the people to pay attention saying, hey, you guys are missing a gigantic market over here, and why don't you make a specialty tire for these guys? 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there's a possibility to do that. Um, but the, the issue there is, uh, the, is the industry asking for another private label tire? And, and we're not, and I'm not even saying private label, but will MP become the source where you can get any tire you want that everybody's using for Volkswagens? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's definitely an opportunity for that. And, and that is something that we're working on right now. Uh, absolutely. To, for us to, to be able to have, we would say, period correct or um, sizes for all the way through for Volkswagen so that people don't have to, to guess anymore what's the right tire to put on the front or the back of Volkswagens all the way through. So, yeah, that's something that we are working on. Because right I'm telling you. If you start talking tires with VW guys, it depends on what the, whether they're bus guys, bug guys, stock guys or vintage guys, stock guys or custom guys. Every you've got twelve different tire sizes to choose from, you know. Right. And now with the advent of seventeen-inch wheels getting more popular over the past little bit, it's such a I see it as such a huge opportunity to make it a one-source VW tire, like where you get your specific VW tire, because you can't go down, because sometimes we're using smart car tires, or we're using some of these, or those, and you'll go down a discount, they don't have them, it's a special order, and we all know the mentality of the average consumer today is it's microwave, like we want we want to push it, we want one click, and it's here tomorrow. So, right. no, yeah. I, I think that's a, that, that's a good opportunity. I saw also that you guys have now an in-house CNC, talk to me about the decision to do that. Well, for us, the we've we've had that that machine for a while, and but what we're doing is expanding our capability there, particularly with with Jack coming over and, and being on board, and then you'll continue to see increased investment there. For us, without without going um, too far into the details of what's coming, what what we're looking to do in that regard is to take greater control of finish work. Um, in in our own hands, if, if that makes sense, because we believe that the, the the quality of work that we do is superior to the quality of work that anyone can do anywhere. So if, if we bring um, raw or semi-finished work here and then finish it ourselves, the, the quality of that is superior to anything we can get anywhere. So that has a lot to do with it. it and then secondly, um, the more we invest in that type of equipment, the more of, of work that that Jack does um, can be made available to the public. Uh, yeah, on the R and D side, do you guys also have a three D printer? Uh, we have one coming because there's a lot. I mean, I I look at from and and I'm a I'm a mostly VW guy. VWs are my heart. That's my everything. But I'm a cross platform guy. I have a international harvest. I have a I have a travel all a seventy travel all. I've, I've got a, a diverse collection of stuff. But when you look into the other markets. You know, there's so much design and development that goes into those where they, you know, like with the LS motors and direct injection on a lot of cars and things to that extent. I had CB Performance on the podcast a few weeks back and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, man, is anybody ever going to come out with a direct injected head for a Volkswagen? Like, you know, when you're talking power and efficiency and all that kind of stuff, it, it may be the next level of things to come if we can make that transition. And, and when I say we, I mean you guys in the R&D department doing what you're doing. But I think it's I think it's something that could be huge. I mean, there's so much opportunity for development, you know. You know, especially with you guys having keys in the right places mm -hmm. to be able to go into a production scale on a product. Right. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. 
and that's what I, I mentioned earlier for us, the, the notion becomes, why can't you make new stuff for these old cars? Because I think the industry, with the exception of, of who you mentioned, some of these boutique guys, the industry's just been content to just make the same old stuff for these old cars. And it just it, it becomes exhausting. And, and so what, what we're about is, hey, what can we do new that, that gets people excited again? And, th and that's one of the reasons I, I love Pip is he's, he, he's taken, um, it, it's, all, it's almost sacrilege for some of these, these old guys, but he's, he's taken high value stuff like yeah. splits and all, and, and he's, he's making a statement with them. And I love it. And, and that's what we want to do is, is, is bring stuff out that, that says, hey, you can do something different with these things if you want. And it's fun. And it'll be fun for them. Yeah, and, you, and you've seen in the past, innovation's always been pushed by the one guy. So, yeah, somebody's done it, but it was one guy who did it. He went through the process to do it. No one else can get one, but it's, you know, it, it, it always comes out of necessity. And on, on the, the side with Pip and the compound and all that stuff, you know, it goes from he wants a certain look. And so for him with that look the look pushes the design because he's like, I got to get rid of that. I got to make this disappear. And how do I do this? And it still needs to function. So I'm excited with some of that compound compound built stuff. And for those of our listeners throughout the world that that maybe haven't had a magazine subscription in a while or something that might not know about Pip and the compound, compound but that's the guy responsible for a large majority of the DBK cars. Um, the mega high level of detail and just and just always turning out something really really over the top, you know. And I'm excited to see, you know, when I see that Impy aligns themselves with people like Jack and Pip and stuff like that. Like you guys are already going going for the top people in the scene, which is great because it's gonna it's gonna continue to push like the every car to have some of those touches, some of that development, some of that. R&D and, and taking Jack's racing history and bringing that into the design and development of cylinder heads, pistons, and, and versus I think some people just think like, oh, someone came out with one of those. Let's just copy that, you know? So I, I'm excited. Um, what about, are you guys doing, has, do you guys, and I don't know because I haven't cruised your catalog and I don't know if you guys offer, do you guys offer Nicosil plated pistons? Or is that something currently is not in the catalog and there's a cost? Because that's that's one of the ways when Porsche took a leap on air-cooled stuff with their pistons were always nickel plated which made them run cooler, made them better. I know I, I had a set on a motor of mine, and, and they're not cheap. Right. Now, as, as you know, mostly most of what MP's done so far has kind of been in that kind of middle range. And um, we we're you'll start to see us move up into the upper echelon of, of parts. But uh, up, up until now, we mostly operated kind of in that, that middle, everybody can afford it range um, of, of life. But I agree with you. Uh, and particularly as we move into Porsche more and more, because, because of the, the interchangeability factor, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for us to make available to VW owners a higher quality of product. And I'm pretty excited about that because it, and it gets, we can't say it enough. If you make 
something quality, people will pay for something quality. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I saw you guys have redeveloped the brake kits a little bit. Is there a constant development on the brake, on the braking end of things? Yeah, we're, and we'll keep going there as well. We're about, we're working on a, an exciting um, joint development with a, a major manufacturer in the marketplace to take um, our brake kits to a, a, an even higher level. And and then we'll, we'll actually be going back through our brake kits and looking at the components in there. <laughs> It hey. makes it, it makes me laugh because it's it's such a smart perspective in an industry where people think I have to make it myself. Well, if you create the demand, there's no reason why you wouldn't go to a big brake manufacturer and say, yeah, we'll make you a kit. We've got the technology. We've got the R&D. We'll save you those thousands of dollars that usually don't get put into people's kits and stuff like that. And you can partner with them and say, look, I can sell 1,000 kits, 2,000 kits a year for you. No, no problem. It's viable for you to make me a, a workable kit because as you've seen, just the history of brakes itself, 50 different brake kits out there you can get. Right, absolutely. And, and the way that I look at at, at parts, and, and, and as you saw in my background, I, I spent seven years in the Napa system, is that there are, within kits especially, there are, there are things that are, are highly functional and things that are barely functional. Like in a in a brake kit, for example, the rotor is basically a hunk of iron. Right. Um, uh, there are metal hoses; just they, they, they you can't perfect on those um, to any great extent. Um, hoses are um, somewhat um, an engineered product, but not to a great extent. But there are other highly engineered products in there, and and to me, there's an opportunity to upgrade those components. To, to a, a higher level at, at every level of our kit to differentiate them from other people. And then to your point, um, to go to a, a manufacturer that does fantastic work in the marketplace and then offer an even higher level kit to the marketplace. So those are the kind of things that you're going to see us do more and more. And then you're likely to see us partner with some folks in the general aftermarket because one of the things that you mentioned earlier is absolutely true. They've ignored the VW segment forever. And now that everybody's restored every single 69 Camaro that is <laughs> um, they need to find other people to sell parts to. And, and, and just walking through their door and saying, um, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. They listen and, and it's going to be fun. So because we have the wherewithal to help them to not only develop stuff, but also distribute it. Yeah. So the, the general aftermarket is starting to pay attention to Volkswagen and that's going to be fun for us. So yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah, I, as myself, as as a business owner, I say like, what would I do if I was there? Like, what what would I do? And it's like you're doing all the things that anybody that says, look, why kill ourselves trying to make up a brake kit, or or have pistons made in China or whatever? When they're like, hey, there's resources here, we can we can gravitate to and say, hey, look. You want to sell, we have a market, let's get together, make us something specifically for us. And the boutique aspect is still there because you're still taking that boutique design that, that that's small culture VW and saying, hey, big piston manufacturer, make us these. Right. And when you're going to yeah. make me 10,000 of them, they're going to be cheaper now for my people. Exactly. Yeah. And and there, there will always be certain things that, that will that may be uniquely empty because we want them to be uniquely empty. But if, if there are people in the marketplace who are the best 
provider of a certain item, it, it only makes sense to go and say, hey, best provider of a certain item. We know the Volkswagen world better than anybody, and we know that your product could be even better if you did these three to five things. So why don't we do these three to five things together and then go own the Volkswagen market? Absolutely. So this Wiseco project has been unbelievable in terms of its turnover. And, and, we, and, we, and you know there aren't um, appreciably more pistons being sold in the Volkswagen world. So we know that more people are coming to MP to buy pistons than than other places where they were buying them before well, because they're better. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're on the market, it's like, okay, here's my SEMA pistons that I can buy that I, I think they're made in, are they made in Brazil now, the SEMA pistons or something? So they're made in Brazil and they're 189 bucks or whatever they are, 250 bucks. But here's a $400 set of Weissco pistons and, I, and they're Weisscos. I'm getting the Weisscos. I mean, you're going to, listen, there's always the level of consumer that's like, the guy that could care less about quality, less about R&D, just wants cheap, 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 cheap. That's not, when you realize that that's not your market, that's not the returning market, that's not the guy that comes back, that's not the guy that helps you build a brand, then it, it amazes me that I see people that get into a business and, and maybe I think it's, I don't know, it, it could be pride for people that they just think it's them. They're so good, you know, it's not that they're the only game in town, and that's the reason why everybody's buying from them. But they're so good that they, it doesn't matter what they do; it'll be awesome. And then they get so so consumed with that that they could care less about the quality of the production of things that are coming out. And, and that's where you see the, the 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 demise of that that going. So others other stuff. Anything? Any new direction? Or so, let, let's say, you know, for Let's Talk Dubs exclusive, anything that's out there like that that you guys aren't associated with in the past that you're going to be making a direction towards coming up in the future? Well, maybe it's not a public um, knowledge, but I, uh, and, and so it, it might feel like an exclusive, but um, it's something that, that we talk about regularly. You're going to see MP continue to grow even beyond and well beyond the air-cooled world. So um, um, it's it's no secret that, that we're, offering products already for water-cooled VWs uh, today. And, and, and so that'll naturally transfer into other kind of water-cooled um, relatives. So and that'll be exciting um, for folks to watch. Uh, because, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, because um, like a, your, your air-cooled um, VW guys are, are probably thinking right now, um, who cares? Um, but I'll tell you why that's important, because the the, the R&D expertise that comes from a company that's developing high-end products for for water-cooled relatives um, has, can bring that expertise to the air-cooled BW world and Absolutely. help us with stuff that, that makes a, a whole lot of fun for us um, in, in the air-cooled BW world. It is, it's going to be a blast. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to is is entirely transforming our business and and entirely even in taking the companies that we're working with like JC to a whole different level and and I I just want to pause because you touched on it earlier I, I there's I think there's a notion among a small handful of people out there that that I personally or our company is is about gobbling up 
smaller companies so that we can do away with them or or just be the as you pointed out the the 800 pound gorilla that just dominates the market um, that's not what i'm all about what what i'm all about is is finding the great brands in the marketplace and making them even greater so you'll continue to see us do things like that but it's not about buying a company like jc and destroying it it's about buying a company like jc and making its products available to even more people oh that's why without question i think i've had uh you know time after time i've had vw business owners on the podcast and uh, i'll tell you this no one's getting rich <laughs> No one's getting rich in the VW scene. And sometimes you see amazing talent. And like you said, Jack just wants to do R&D. He wants to do R&D. He wants to develop. He wants to do cutting edge. He doesn't want to deal with the aluminum supplier and all the other ancillary stuff that when we as creative individuals are, are, are feeling stifled by our workplace, we're like, screw this. I'm going to start my own business. Because you're honed in on what you do and you're kind of, your vision gets kind of blurred to all the ancillary stuff that makes that business go. And that's why I see some of the greatest talents go out of business because they're an excellent R&D person. They were just a horrible accountant or they were terrible at collecting their money or, or you know, the numerous things that are there. But to be able to see that, you know, there, there's an opportunity for, for those people to really be in an environment where they can flourish now it's like, okay, what if I put you in a room and said, don't worry about the power bill getting paid this month. You just focus on developing stuff. Absolutely. And that's really what it's all about for us. And, and we also find that in, in some of these places, um, there, there are some really smart people. And, and that's what gets us excited about this. Because, and, and I, this is a great time to talk about it. For me, the, the most important people at MPR, the people that work there, and and, and keeping them safe is, is the most important thing for me. And you've probably seen on my Instagram page my hair getting progressively longer. Yeah, that's 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 because I haven't had a haircut since the last time somebody got hurt, which was over 300 days ago. And and I told them if we get to day 365, they can shave my head in the middle of the warehouse. <laughs> it's, nice. It, it, looks, it looks like it's going to happen, but the. For me, what we're doing at MP is, is about making the lives of those people better. Because when their lives get better, everything gets better. Our products get better. The, the experience for the end user gets better. But it begins and ends with making the lives of the people that work at MP better. And that's really what I'm all about. And all this other stuff is, is happening because of that. And I'm, I'm glad that the folks like you see it because that's really what that's what we're trying to do is just it's just be better and because who wants to be mediocre who wakes up in the morning looks in the mirror not this guy <laughs> you sound like me in my morning meetings who woke up today who woke up today saying i'm gonna be average today <laughs> like <Right>. nobody <laughs> so, so that brings me to uh a next question as we're talking about business on a global scale and all these things so it brings us me it brings us because a lot of people in the vw scene are like what's a tariff who cares about a tariff tariffs 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 now with the product line that that some of the stuff that empty was selling was was or is manufactured overseas in china now with the chinese tariffs how has that affected the dynamics on 
let's say, because you're the biggest guy in the VW scene, how's that affected the dynamics of you guys doing business? Um, and, and I think that there's an opportunity to go stateside and, and really bring some great stuff to the table. What is it done by changing that, by those dynamics changing, what is it done for Impy in regards to having to be uh, able to react to that? Well, certainly we've had to price for those tariffs. And, and that's what, uh, to me, is unfortunate about the tariffs is they, they just ultimately end up impacting the end user because you have to price for them. Sure. Um, something of that magnitude, you just can't um, ex- accept it as cost. So it gets passed through. So and, and to me, that's been unfortunate because it impacts the end user ultimately. But but you're right. It, it has also motivated everyone, us, others, to look at different places for manufacturing, whether it's other places in, in Asia or Brazil, um, Mexico, the U.S., but, but you're right. Um, I'm bullish on U.S. manufacturing, and, and I love looking for places in the U.S. to make stuff because I also think that you can collect for it. That when, when someone holds a, a product from one place in, in one hand and a product made in the U.S. in the other hand, they're willing to pay more for a product made in the U.S. So uh, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, J.C.'s pulleys, <laughs> you yeah. know, the, absolutely, they weren't cheap, but you know what? They're worth it. It's like get them, get them because not only they look cool, but they're made here in the states, and there there's something to be said about that. So. I'm hopeful that it opens up opportunities. Who knows? Maybe my buddy up in Kalispell, Montana, might start selling some running boards again. I don't know if it's made it viable, but you know, in an American-made product on it, you know, I, I I've said this. I said this on our last podcast. I said this on a podcast that hasn't been released yet. But I said this uh, previously. I said Volkswagens are as American as apple pie, and as American as Chevrolet. I'm telling you that right now, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that because you can't go down the street in a Volkswagen without people flocking to it. They love it. They're reminiscent. It's part of the – VW flourished in America because it's part of the American dream, and the American dream is that everybody gets a car. Everybody should be able to drive a car, you know, and, and that affordable vehicle just opened up the doors for everybody, and that's why, that's why it's so woven into our, our Americana, you know, and so some people might want to debate that, but I don't think I don't, the numbers don't lie. And I don't think you can from a, from a nostalgic standpoint, you can't think about America, even in American graffiti, there's, there's, you know, convertible bug and a rag top and all that stuff, because those things were the staple of the car culture, you know? So yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And I used to, I, I, as you know, I spent 12 years at Goodyear. And, and when you look at, the, up in the air and you see the Goodyear blimp, you, you can't help but smile. And it's impossible not to. And, and to me, the Beetle is the same way. Maybe the bus to a, a lesser extent, but you cannot look at a Beetle and not smile. And then, but it goes, to me, it goes one step further. There, there is a, a, an almost visceral emotional attachment that, that you have to these cars. Um, even if you're not the owner of them, you, you look at these cars and you become emotionally attached to them. And, and to me, that's what's the most important part about this industry. And, and you're right, um, these cars are American. 
they, they've been here for a long, long time, and they'll continue to be here for a long, long time. Well, and I mean, substanti- substantiating my point is like, how many American-grown businesses has, have started in America by Americans that were into these goofy foreign vehicles? You know what I mean? You're, and you're running one of them. You, but you know what I'm saying? It's like it starts out with an opportunity. That's what America's about is an opportunity and, and, and taking opportunity and hard work. And when those two things come together, you're unstoppable. So, I, I mean – I'm excited. One thing I did want to mention that everybody should know about Philip here, which I saw on his resume, is that he is an Eagle Scout. Yes, I am. And I thought when I read that and that was on your resume, I thought, you know what? I dig that. You know, I wasn't into scouting when I was younger. I've been a scout leader for years. Um, for the past 15 years, I've been in, involved in the scouting organization and stuff like that because it's one of those things where kids are hands-on and they learn and they and, and they grow to become – the, the find upstanding kids. And as we talked, as when I looked at this, I, I mentioned, I think I told my scouts one day, if as an employer, if I took the scout law and held it up to every employee, that makes the perfect employee, not only the perfect individual, but like if you look at it, and I think it's so awesome, it's so awesome to do that. Uh, did you, you know, the, the, have the, having that Eagle Scout on your on your resume, I loved it. I saw it and I thought, man, because to some people it stands for something. It stands for a commitment to to to, to finish what something you started, to do hard things, but to learn that there's a reward to those things. And so, uh, I wanted to mention that on there for uh, for those fellow scouters out there, people that are into scouting. Um, I just I, I, it was one of the things that, that kind of impressed me. I mean, uh, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, thank you. But uh, man, it's been listen. It's been great getting to talk to you, and I and I hope definitely let's talk dubs becomes an avenue for you because now, mind you, some stats on let's talk dubs were downloaded as of yesterday in sixty nine countries around the world. So this is pretty awesome that world exclusive people get to hear what's happening with Impy because sometimes things are now. I know you broke the news of Jack over there in Europe across (laughs) across the pond over there, but and it still made global news. But you know, I think that it's even. It's surprised me how much the podcast, because I was thinking of America, you know, the States, because I'm so in my head, but we've been just blowing up all over the world. You know, it's like I said, 69 countries. So I, I think it's great that people get to see what Impy's going to start doing, make way and prepare to see Impy forge a new trail in in innovation and in back to quality being number one and ba- back to where we once belong. Thank you. You know exactly. So, Thanks. I, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. It, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to meet you this way. I'm looking forward to to actually cross cross the paths with you in the right way. And, and oh, for sure. You. No, it's it. Hey, I I'm excited to get you on here because. I'm excited to see these things as a, as a, to the core enthusiast. Like I'm the guy, I smell the inside of an old bug with that horse hair and tear. And I just, and I, and I, and I regress back to where I was 16 and anything is possible and I can build this thing and, and I'll get it on the road. And you know, but, but it's like, like you said, that visceral connection that people have with Volkswagens. I mean, it's, it's such, it's what makes doing the podcast fun because I mean, the history is so varied, so wide, such a huge, huge uh, 
audience that we have out there. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be able to bring people like you and get you access to people that don't normally hear it, but by convenience of technology, they're just listening to the podcast. So man, Philip, anything you want to leave us with, uh, on the podcast, we've been, we've been yapping at it for just at, at an hour right now. So, uh, it went by quick, lots of good stuff going on, but anything you want to leave, uh, people out there in podcast land with? Well, the most important thing for me is always to thank our customers for buying our stuff because without them, I don't have a job and the folks who work with me don't have a job. So um, thanks for having confidence in, in me and our folks and for buying our stuff. And and I promise you and commit to you that it's going to keep getting better. So thank you and thanks again for having me. This, this was a lot of fun and, and I hope I get a chance to come back. No, for sure. We'll do it again. And I may, be do, I may, I may in the future start doing some empty history segments. And uh, kind of bring in, bring in on some of those, and we just talk about some stuff, and uh, and it may be something where we talk about something old, and it might be called something old, something new, and we do something, sure. <laughs> do something like that. Talk about here's what we used to do back in the day, and here's what we're doing now. So awesome. I, th- I think it's a perfect opportunity, man. And I appreciate you for coming on the podcast, and uh, for sure we'll be hearing we'll be hearing from Philip in the future. So I uh, hope you guys out there in podcast land appreciate this podcast and. Look forward for more big things coming from Impy. Philip, thank, thanks for coming on. You bet. All right. Take care. You got Bye-bye. it. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a